Hey guys, it's your girl Mala. And it's your girl Rini, and you're tuned into Big Chat with Mala and Rini. Hi guys, welcome to tonight's episode. We'll be discussing career and expectations with media executive Mashika Andrews. Just to give you a little bio background on about Sheikah. She was born and raised in New Jersey to a Guyanese mother and American father. She attended the University of Maryland College Park where she majored in communications and received the certificate in African American studies. Right after graduating college, that is when she began her media career. For a little over two years, she successfully managed her full-time media agency job and part-time videographer job at a major hip-hop radio station in New York. You fast forward to today, Sheikah has been working in advertising for over 13 years and is currently a media investment director for the same agency she started at here in New York City. She loves to speak on panels and mentor the youth. She currently resides in Brooklyn, New York, where she is surrounded by her extended family and her favorite restaurants and hangout spots. Though she likes being in Brooklyn, she's an avid traveler. She loves to travel and cannot wait to resume exploring the globe. So welcome, Ms. Sheikha Andrews. So Sheikha, how did you choose your career? Like, did it choose you or you decided, like, how did that happen? That's a funny story because um, I didn't choose my career. I kind of fell into my career. My whole, basically from elementary school, um, fourth grade, I would say, or before that maybe, I always knew that I wanted to go to law school. So that's what I was going to do. I was going to go to law school. Mm -hmm. When I was in fourth grade, I'm from New Jersey, so um, as my bio stated, and I uh, was in a gifted program and fourth and fifth grade, I went to Montclair State on the weekends in the fall. And so, okay. um, yeah, a, a course for, and it's for, for younger students, gifted students or whatever. It's no, it's not college credit or anything. I don't, nah, not college credit. Um, but I took a, a, a mock trials course or whatever when I was in fourth grade, loved it. I was all about it. I just knew I was doing that. Um, then I went to, when I was a senior in high school, junior or senior in high school, I can't even remember. We did this um, congressional leadership thing in D.C. We did like a, a model Congress thing. I was like, yeah, politics. I want to be in law. I want to do this. I want to do that. Like, I know it. I know it. I know it. As, as late as, as that late in high school. But then something happened. I don't know what happened, but something shifted in me that, you know, I, I just wasn't sure if that's really what I wanted to do. And who knows? Maybe I'll one day change my mind again and go to law school um like how I thought I would want to as a child and I didn't mm-hmm. specifically know exactly which lane of law I wanted to you know practice in but I had ideas of what I didn't want to do but it doesn't matter because that's not what I'm doing right now I ended up majoring in communication when I got to college and um then even when I was there I, I always worked with children throughout like since middle school um worked with kids and then all four years of college, I was a math mentor. So I was working at this local elementary school. I got hired there before I even started going to Maryland. And then I um, I would plan my classes around me working at the elementary school. So then when I applied for Teach for America, thinking like, okay, I'll do this for two years after I graduate. And I didn't get that. I was like, okay, 
that doesn't make any sense, you know. Um, why wouldn't I? All I do is work with kids. I understand these kids, you know. And then I ended up coming back and um, I was sub teaching like on holiday breaks and stuff. So I was coming back. I did that. And then one of my girlfriends who went to Maryland, Charlene, hey girl, um, she ended up for whatever reason, because she's an engineer, so I don't even know why she found this on the career website for Maryland. You guys use your resources. Definitely check out your schools on career websites. She saw that there was a, um, a workshop that was happening, but the application was due that day. And I had like, um, I was, like I said, I was a substitute, but then I started doing like uh, family work stuff at a daycare. So um, I had meetings with parents that day. So I was like, oh my God, but you know what? I busted my tail and finished the application and sent it in. And of course, when I sent it in, didn't have a resume. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Stalk the lady. And I was like, please accept, please accept. Long story short, they accepted me to go to the workshop. I met a guy there who worked in my field at the agency that um, I ended up getting a job at. And he said, you know, we're looking for nice young people willing to work. They were really on a diversity kick that year, but I didn't Mm -hmm. get the job because of, you know, my diverse background. It was just, he went there to find cream of the crop that happened to be, you know, in the multicultural, you know, the different culture or whatever. So then that's, and then I started my job. And what's funny is I started working in advertising the the exact day that I graduated from Maryland two years prior. So it wasn't really how I had mapped it out, but it had mapped itself out and it was crazy. And another thing is when I got my offer letter for, um, for my job at the agency, it was on May 1st, the same day that I got my offer letter to be a videographer at um, Hot 97 here in New York. Cause my friends and I made this video, um, this funny video to go online, not mm-hmm. online to go for the, on YouTube, well it was online, it was on YouTube or whatever like that. They made a song on the radio, the morning show and we made a video to go with it cause we were silly. And then they had us at the radio station and we got interviewed. And when I went there, I went with my resume. And I almost didn't even hand in my resume, but then one of my homegirls, hey, Fallon, she was like, no, we gonna hand in this resume. So we gave it to one of the guys at the, at the radio show. He put it on a hiring manager's desk. And then um, my now homegirl, hey, Amina, went to Howard, uh, hired me. And so um, when I got the offer letter on both days, I was like, well, if this is signed from God, I'm supposed to have them both. So one is full-time, one's part-time, we're gonna do this. And then I did that, both of them, for like two years. And then eventually I stayed with just the agency work and I've been there for 13 years now. So that's how I got into it. (laughs) That story is like, wow. Like, I didn't even know that. I know. And there's more, but I'm trying to keep it, you know, that's the the truncated version because like, obviously I'm not going to ramble for 10 minutes, but yes. I wish I found my career like that. I wish my career would find me. (laughs) Still, I can't. I'm just saying. <laughs> I heard some similarities, well, but it was just like, oh, she was like, bout it, bout it. And I don't know. Maybe I wasn't bout it enough. Maybe I was only one bout it. But you know what? I'm not, but you know what? I'm bout it in that sense that I'm doing this and I was doing the videography and I was doing the agency stuff and I was, you know, working and burning myself out. You know, full disclosure, I don't have, you know, a husband or kids so that gave gave me time to just kind of throw myself out there to do these things you know what I'm saying and so that that's another thing that's probably in my favor and then there's still things that I want to do now like yeah I, I love what I do but if, if a passion project for me would be 
to be doing some voiceover stuff. And I did voiceover for a little bit, um, for like a year, unpaid, just doing it to get practice. And I loved it because, you know, I'll be somewhere and then I'll hear my thing come on the radio. And I'm like, that's me. That's me. And no one would ever be with me when I would be doing it. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like people are still starting to start their dreams. And I feel like that's where I'm like kind of sleeping on myself in a sense um, because I've got these, these, demos that I could be pushing out there thanks to this guy. Hey, Stanley. Um, but <laughs> I don't even know if he remembers me, but I remember him. So thank you. Um, for, for, I love all the plugs. Yeah, because you know, you gotta, you gotta shout people out for getting you to where you are. That's right. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? And you can't always feel like you're the one that got yourself there. Um, you know, somebody might've helped you along the way or, or pointed you in the right direction or, or that was the plug. And then, you know, you got to go and do the work and, and get yourself in there, but at least they let you know about it. You know, I would have never known about that multicultural workshop for IRTS, International Radio Television um, Society uh, Foundation, you know, all that stuff. If Charlene didn't see it, I, I didn't right. know, you know, who knows right. where I'd be right now. Not saying I'd be in a bad place. Maybe I'd be in a yeah. better place. Who knows? But I'm in a great place right now because, you know, my friend of that one that that one person who saw a post that had nothing to do with that. right i was like i still to this day i to this day i'm like why did you even see that you know but it's good thanks girl <laughs> but yeah but yeah but yeah so that was here. so awesome for me for real, for real. because i mean i know like even for me um like you when i was in elementary school I knew I was going to be a lawyer we had to write a paper about um our future I think this was like fifth or sixth grade and I mean I did so much research like I said I was gonna go to NYU for undergrad end up at Williams and Mary's for law school like I really Mm -hmm. looked into it when I was Mm -hmm. at 11 12 years old you know what I'm saying and then got to I my the first college I went to was Lincoln University in Pennsylvania. So big up LU, gotta shout them out. It's my girl Fallon, the one that I just because... shouted out, she went there too. Hey, yeah, because I mean I met a lot of great people there, so I can't you know like you can't forget where you meet a lot of great people. Yeah, and I went there, and when I got there, I was like, oh, I want to do business. I don't want to go to law school. But then I thought about like, oh, but you could do business law. Mm-hmm. Like, you can combine the both of them. You know what I'm saying? But then Lincoln just wasn't for me. It was in the backwoods. I'm sorry, people. It really was in the backwoods. Like, we're Amish people. You go to the mall and you see a sign with a horse and carriage. Um, <laughs> that's so funny. And what's funny is my friend didn't stay there either. But... Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't for me. So... And and it's crazy because I I did I applied to Maryland but I I, I had applied to Eastern Shore. Uh-huh. And when I went to Eastern Shore, when we took that drive to Eastern Shore from New York City to Eastern Shore far, for right? me to do the placement test. I cried. I said, Mommy, I don't wanna come here. It's far. This is too far. Yeah. How far and is it? I've actually never been there. My cousin went there for a little bit, but I've never been. Is it really Okay, far? so let me tell you, this is how it was. From New York to there is probably like six to seven hours because we we drove to my cousin's house in um, Springdale, Lanham, Maryland over there. 
and that was four hours and then from her home to eastern shore the next day was like two and a half hours oh sounds about right so i'm just like yeah no this was too far for me uh-huh. it was just too so then and so that's how i ended up at lincoln because eastern shore was just too far for me so i went to lincoln i did my freshman year in lincoln but i i was like you know what i'm gonna go to maryland and I had did a tour of College Park and I was like oh this ain't bad you know what I'm saying so I said I'm gonna apply I applied to College Park and let me tell you how I found that I got into um, UMD I called them Sheikah I called admissions I was on the phone for three and a half hours waiting for someone to tell me yes you have been accepted. Why is that? There was, girl, I don't even know. The girl picked up and nobody came back to the phone three and a half hours later. And I stayed on, like, my phone was plugged into the wall, charged up. I fell asleep and woke up and nobody came back. Wow. That's an interesting thing because I've never heard of the mishandling like that from Marilyn. And I was just like, oh my God. But anyway, Needs to say, I get to Maryland and I'm like, oh my God, this school is huge. What am I going to do? So many options, so many schools. You have the business school. You have to have the right grades to get into business school. You have to do this. You have to do that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh my God. But then I'm like, I'm a history nut. Like every history class that I've ever taken, I've never gotten anything less than a 90 something. Nice. From elementary school all the way up. I was like, you know what? Just pick something so I that's why I chose African-American studies mm. it's my major you know what I'm saying the whole law thing that whole thing just went out out the window after that for me well at that time it just went out the window and then after I got you know after I graduated got my degree or whatever I'm like okay what am I gonna do do I want to work for the NAACP? Do I want to work here? Do I want to like? I didn't know what my options were with my degree. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I just happened like my friend was like, "Why don't you just find something in the meantime until you decide to go back to school?" Because my whole thing was to go and get my master's degree. That's when I started working at the recruiting firm. I was there for like 11 years. Wow. And yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I love human resources. Like, this is what I love. I love I love interacting with people, helping them find the right career, hiring the right people. Like something that's it's fulfilling, me. probably, you know? And and I noticed that with other things that I was doing, like I would be helping people. Like, oh, so many people I know would be like, oh, you know, I'm trying to do this, this, and this. I'm like, oh, I know somebody who is in that field. Let me see what they, you know what they know. Sheikah, there have been many a times I've hit you up like, yo, my cousin is X, Y, and Z. Do you have yep. anything, any information, any leads, anything like that? And you'd be like, oh, yeah, you could do this, she could do that. You, Rini, you were one of the people that I think I I actually asked Sheikah about. Pretty sh- I'm pretty sure about that. Oh, you hi, know? girl. <laughs> pretty sure about that. I'm like, this sounds real familiar. Oh, that was yeah. me. That, that might have been me. 
I mean, awesome. it's just so many other people that I'm just like, oh, I know somebody. You're a con- you got connects. So I was always that. Yes, the the connect the connection. I was always the person connecting people with other people or stuff like that. So I was like, human resources is definitely something that I can do, and I know I could flourish in it. So at the recruiting firm, you know, I was sourcing people, but then I started to um, do more of the in-house recruiting process. So I was interviewing more like for, you know, positions that we had at our firm. And I'm like, yeah, this is something I want to do. So I've been um, looking into getting my human resources certificate trying to go back to school well I shouldn't say I'm trying but I'm back in school right now doing um, my masters so I'm like this is human resources is what I want to do and I feel like 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 you said it kind of fell into my lap because when I took the job it was definitely going to be a temporary job because I'm like this is not something I want to do for the rest of my life but then once I saw how fulfilling it was for me I'm like, oh yeah. I need to figure out what how how can I how can I progress in my professional career? Like sorry, excuse me. How can I make this meaningful to me and other people around me? Mm-hmm. So I definitely get the whole, you know, it kind of like fell into your lap kind of thing. And I feel like when I was younger, the whole lawyer story was because I was trying to pick a profession that would make my mom so proud of got it her daughter the lawyer you know Mm -hmm. but then it's like as you get older it's like why do I have to be a lawyer for you to be proud of me true right as long as I'm professional you know I have a great career and I'm doing something that I love that should be something that makes you happy and not saying that my mom was like upset that I chose the career path that I did but I just always I just feel like growing up in the household that I was growing up in I just there was always this expectation that you have to be a doctor or a lawyer or something grand I don't know I I feel like it's expected of you so and that's the funny part so because it's expected of you my mom is not impressed She's not highly impressed by anything, like, you know, career-wise, mm-hmm. because you were supposed to do that. So I don't really care. Her main concern is, you know, where is her son-in-law and her grandchildren? <laughs> so, and that's where the, that, the the interesting part comes in about being multicultural. So, um, like my bio mentioned, like, my mom is from Guyana, so I'm first generation born for her. But my father is American. Now... When they do the history of the family, they say that they see other stuff in there or whatever. But I, I don't know that. I don't, like, know of that culture in his family. So they're Black American. And um, and that's cool. But the pressures that I feel from, like, my mom, I don't get from my dad's side of the family. So that's, like, a, mm-hmm. a welcomed balance. Because, you know, I my mom one time was grilling me. And I was just like, but mommy, you know, I have a career and stuff like that. Like, I'm doing well in my career. And she's just like, and you were supposed to. <laughs> like, so she don't care. And then my father comes into it. He jumps in and his whole thing is, well, don't you just want her to be happy? Like, yeah, you know, like make sure that I'm not just I'm not just getting married and having kids just because like 
the timeline that my mom wants me to be on. I mean, I want those things. Like, I'm not one of those people who sits out here like, I don't need that. No, no, no. I really want that. So, you know, I'm not knocking that. I would love to have it. Would have loved to have it yesterday, you know? (laughs) Um, But that's just not my cards right now. But for her, that is what she wants. Because me doing well, me making, you know, some money or me, you know, being able to tend to myself, um, take care of myself and things like that. It's just like, well, will we raise you to be that way? I'm not, give me the full picture. I think, but then it's funny because I think that if I was any less, then it, then something that she's, exactly, something that she's not necessarily like impressed by, it would be, oh, now I'm disappointed in you. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? So it's just funny how, funny how it is because there was no other way for me to be like my mom is really hardworking. Her parents were hardworking, and so it was just yep. like, what you, what do you, what do you, what do you think? You were supposed to do that. Where's exactly. my grandchildren? I'm getting old. Like, if so, you know, there's a very thin line between yeah. impressed and disappointed. Yes, <laughs> it's I'm just, just you, like you can, fall, you can fall on either side so quickly. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you had gotten pregnant in college, but you were going to college, oh. they would have just been disappointed. And then you have success, then they're impressed. And they have Mm -hmm. the grandbaby. It's like, okay, but I can't, there's no way to, Mm -hmm. there's no way to judge like where they're going to expect you to excel in their minds. And then it's very hard for you to gauge and like a Caribbean person being impressed because ain't much, ain't much that impress them. Unless you buying them a house or, something that's like kind of tangible that you can see them being impressed like it's just not like you do something great they're just like yeah that's what you're supposed to do like you said yeah and if you do something wrong it's just like this is not how I raised you it's like mm-hmm. wait what mm-hmm. but it's just very hard like I don't find that my mom is impressed by a lot of things until mm-hmm. I hear her speaking to other people then it's like oh oh you 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 noticed that okay because yep. I'll do something and my mom's just yeah. be like, you could have done better. You could have, I get a 95, she'd be like, but you couldn't get a 100. I get a 100, oh, she go, you couldn't yeah. get a 102. And I go, I love you, but what? Mm-hmm. So there's like, there's no, even if you do great, they're expecting greater. So it's just like, okay, then I guess I got to do greater. So like, when she gets around other people though, or when my parents get around other people, it's like they're like, this is my daughter. She's so pretty. She does mm-hmm. this, and I'm like, but none of that seems to impress you on our one-on-one conversations. But <laughs> all these other folks, it seemed like I'm doing great, mm-hmm. awesome. And it's just like, okay, I have no idea how I'm supposed to gauge this, but okay, I'll take it. I'll take a compliment. Shoot. Yeah, I mean, it's just like okay, but just to see their dynamic play out, my parents. It's just like, oh, yeah, okay. Because, like, he came in to try to save it, and she's just like, well, you don't want that, you know, like, you don't think about that, them having her getting married and having kids and stuff like that. Like, just to see what, where the mindset is at, it's just, it's just different. And the differences, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's good that you had both, though. If yeah. You have yeah. someone that's, like, still, you know, <laughs> pushing, at least defending you on one side. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean... Moms and dads are always different for me. Yeah. And the moms usually are a little bit harder. And especially if it's a daughter, I feel like they're even harder. Because I think that they know on some level that things are stacked against you. So Mm -hmm. as a female... Because of what they have. Yes. It's like they just expect a lot more out of you. If you were a boy, 
it's it's it just doesn't seem like the pressure is on as much and that's just what I've seen like my parents my parents are, are older they had me later in life and so my mom has a mindset like she was born in in the 50s so it was a difference back then between boy and girl children the girl children are expected to if they're going to school they're expected to be good in school and still take care of the entire household and help Mm -hmm. their mom and you know fetch water and do all these other things and it's like when they have daughters they're just continuing that same if they don't decide to do different they're going to just do the same Yep. And my mom was like that. She yep. just wanted to, she felt like I needed to be well-rounded in all of these things. Like I needed to yeah. know how to cook, clean, raise children, and still be a straight A student. And you know what I mean? And the boys, it was more like, well, the men in the family usually get like, you know, served by the women. It's like they provide and so they have to be taken care of. And so it's it's different. There's a very different dynamic. And I feel like that crept into, like, choosing the career paths and whatever. I felt like I needed to be more because I'm a girl. That kind of way. Because I'm still trying to figure out what I really wanted to do with my life. I wanted to be the next Oprah. I'm going to be honest with you. I wanted to be the next Oprah. And you still can. And you started. And you started. I did. It's just, I have, I keep self-diagnosing myself, but I have, like, ADD. (laughs) ADHD, really. Because I just find joy in so many different things at different points. Mm -hmm. And I have a problem with doing all of them at once instead of picking one and sticking to it. So, like, I'll do hair, I'll host things, I'll do music, I do. And when I go to work, like my regular 95 job, I'm doing my best because I feel like my work is always a reflection of me. So I want to be the go-to person, but I don't want to be the go-to person because I don't want this to be my forever job. That kind of way. But I can't not do well. It's just not my vocabulary. I'm just not going to be one of those people that's just getting by. I have to be doing... Mediocre. Yeah, I have to be doing my best. Like You have to see like, oh, she's an asset and whatever. What's funny, though, is that when it comes to when I was talking about my mom and stuff, like... I've come to the point where I realized that even when, though she's like, well, you're supposed to do well at work and all that sort of stuff. Like, where's my grandbaby and all that jazz? She presses hard against me for that. Not because she doesn't mean well, though it just is hard to to take it all in sometimes. But it's because she feels like she thinks that that is a life that I deserve. So True. I don't think that she would be pressed, hard pressed for me to give her grandbabies if in her mind she didn't feel like I would be a good mom. Mm-hmm. So it's like this backhanded compliment in a sense. Like she feels so much that she, I would feel be a good mom and she wants to see me in that light that she's just like, give it to me now. I want it now, <laughs> you know? And that's yeah. kind of what I've had to tell myself in order to make it uh, bearable like you know like with stomach and like hearing all this I'm being reminded you know that I'm not there and stuff like that um, when I get sick I hear how her voice just lights up like do you think you might be pregnant you know and then I have to disappoint her and tell her nah boo I'm not <laughs> you know it's just, the um, it's just I'm sorry yeah yeah, so for her, you know, I, I, I just tell myself she's like this because she feels like I'm good at that. 
you right. know and so that you know I just try to take that take it in stride or whatever but it is different to see the uh the different uh, dynamics and I will say that you know um my mom I feel like came from a stricter household than she put us in in a way right yeah. um mm-hmm. and I do uh appreciate appreciate that most uh, definitely trust not me. that I wasn't grounded every weekend <laughs> you know I was <laughs> I was, I was always, but I'm like, y'all, y'all got me messed up. I'm actually a really good kid. Like y'all, yeah. when you y'all compare to other because people, I'm the first one, you know what I'm saying? Like y'all, play, y'all too strict right now. Like, but it's still in the grand scheme of things, wasn't as strict. Like it was strict stuff that I could laugh about now. Like how yeah. good channels was blocked and how, you know, the, the computer was in the living room. They sort of could watch everything that we were doing or whatever. Yeah. You know, yep. stuff like that. But I still, you know, I wasn't out here getting, like, all the, like, abuse type things that some other kids had been dealing with, so. Or what you hear they dealt with when they were growing up. Mm-hmm. Or what they did. You know? I mean, like, and, I mean, I feel like all of this does tie into what their expectations are of us is just like how they were raised you know so when my mother tells me story about living with you know her mom and then living with her aunt and this aunt before coming to america with her mom and then she tells you stories about how you know she wanted to do something and because that aunt didn't want her to do it she got beat for it or they got beat for like the simplest things and i'm like really you just wanted to hang with your friends you got beat for that you know so it's like they know where they're coming from and they want us to understand like yo you have it good and we want y'all to understand that you have it good but at the same time Mm -hmm. we want y'all to be better than what we are and what we came from so it's like you know they 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 bring their upbringings here with them Mm -hmm. but then they understand that the same old thing can't keep happening even though sometimes they be pushing it. Because sometimes I'll be wanting to tell my mother, this is not back home. It's not. Stop. Right. You know? It's interesting because, like, in, you know, in Guyana, my mom's parents, they owned a business. Nice. So, for them, it, they weren't, you know, struggling and things of that mm-hmm. nature. They were they were fine. Um but there was was the seven kids, and so the strict for them was like, y'all got enough siblings, you got enough friends, you're not hanging out with nobody. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. So it was it was like that, and then the the business that they owned, the store they owned, was adjacent to the house. So it's just like, and your pa- your parents work right at the house, like yeah, no escaping, you know. So the one thing that my mom did differently here, because when 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 she came to America, like you know, you starting. American money scratch it's just not the same thing and you know it's mm-hmm. so she definitely wants me to have more than what she um she's prov- they've provided a lot like I've never gone without here exactly. you know my mom and stuff here um but it, but it's different from how things you know are when she was growing up but you know at the end of the day like I I'm here and I get to be this social person though one year my dad was like why every week are you going to a sweet 16 and I'm like because we all in the same grade of voices here <laughs> you know what I mean like don't be asking me some questions but <laughs> aside from that you know I was like my man um 
they still let us go do all these things like my like we went to sleepovers and stuff and I know people have a big problem with sleepovers but I have never had an issue with a sleepover growing up maybe my parents vetted my friends you know their parents I just was in a very lucky lucky space and time the town that I grew up in the friends that I made how their parents were and all of that mm-hmm. like we got to have those fun things that my mom and them didn't get to do yeah you know because she wanted us to have be able to be more free and stuff like that like she's more she's more free my mom yeah than what she like that freedom that you know had growing up so I feel like then that's in me too because I feel like I'm gonna be just like that with my kids like not that they're gonna be like wild running around or whatever but just more hey yeah that's what he wants to do let's let him do it you know so not breaking spirits and stuff like that and um because I mean when you when you do your kids like that when they have so much access to stuff and think about it as every generation of us now here is going like our kids are gonna have more and more access to things and to people and to lifestyle and to whatever like we gotta get them like introduced to certain things early that way they don't act brand new or act crazy when we let them out into the world right so there's that too but yeah all right, so I have one more question for you. Yep. What advice would you give to anyone who's listening who may or may not know what their professional goals are? Well, I would say for them to, I mean, and again, I'm no, I'm no career coach and I know that there's things that I need to be doing, but I know what my passions are and I know what it is that I want to do. If they're in a place where they're not even sure, I need them to kind of like journal a little bit, take tra- take kind of like a presence in themselves and know what is it that I like and what I don't like? What is it I talk about a lot of times? What is it that entertains me and what doesn't? You know, what are, what's your passion? What is it that you'd be like, yeah, I'd really like to, I'd really love to do that. I would even do that if I was tired after mm-hmm. my full-time job I would even do that you know what I mean on a Sunday when I'm supposed to be chilling you know what I'm saying like that's I think what people need to think about um and it'll give them an idea of what they want because a lot of times it's in front of your face things mm-hmm. that you want people you want everything you want but you're not paying attention or you're just not opening your eyes to kind of see the you know the writing on the wall in sense so you'll know there's something there you get to a certain age things start clicking maybe you're not doing them or maybe you're sleeping on yourself because subconsciously you're just like I don't know if I can I don't know how I would do it I feel like I'm the one who has like a million ideas but doesn't know how to like put them into action some of them because they're not my they're not necessarily my field and I'll have all the like the marketing and all of that how it can be generate revenue and things like that in my head but then I'm like, all right, well, I need to tap somebody to help me with this last piece. Or maybe when I tap that person, I find out like the money in it or whatever like that. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to afford to get this thing made and blah, 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 blah. I feel like if people just gave themselves the chance to let their minds like run free, they will see or find or know or at least like acknowledge things that they do secretly like that maybe they didn't know they could be professional with it like I like to talk I'd love to do voiceover like I mentioned before I did voiceover mm-hmm. before for a bit like that to me is dope other people might think that that's boring but that's something that I would I would do that on any random day 
I can do it from anywhere. I did it for a year unpaid just so that I could get the experience. You know, just, yeah. I would just tell people, write down stuff that you like. Write down things you don't like. Ask your friends. Because sometimes people looking at you see things in you that you might not even really notice about yourself that's natural to you. It's like when your grandmother or whoever's trying to teach you how to make a recipe, you know, they don't really know exactly how to tell you what to do because they just do it. Mm -hmm. But if you're watching them do it, then you could say, you could write down what it is that you know that they did because you know, they're, you're watching them do it so you can see it. Then they just naturally, they've been doing it for however many years now, 60, 70 years now, like 80 years, whatever. But your friends maybe have noticed something about you that you didn't even notice about yourself. So tap your tap your circle, your network. How have say. we not been friends? What What is happening? Jamola, you are slacking. <laughs> Jamola, come on. Because oh, I, I feel like, slacking. I feel like... Look, I like literally she's speaking Uh-oh. to my soul okay. I just need y'all to understand like sometimes <laughs> I... so you know what after this yeah. what do you think I was gonna ask yeah. that yeah. because she is just like that oh and you're in Brooklyn too, right? oh where do you live is that what this is live lived or live Bed-Stuy, oh yeah okay cool I'm in bed and I got a and I got a car, and you know it ain't do a die so much as much. She as has long. a car too, so y'all can get it together. We could Definitely. linky link, please, yeah, Lord. I need yeah, somebody. I gotta tap something, Later. some kind of resource. I gotta tap. <laughs> I can't say that too much. They're gonna be like, what? <laughs> no, for real, we could do that because I mean, I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna tell you. You know, I've had to tap people to help me with stuff or to guide, fine tune me, guide me. I'm still learning and trying to figure things out you know like yeah. I feel like you're always evolving in that way and as you get certain other things in order you can then start maybe doing even different things you know like I hear all these stories about people who do who start mm-hmm. new lives like older than I am and I Definitely. am very inspired by them and I'm just like you know what maybe one day and then even certain like trials and tribulations that I've gone through especially within the last three years I'm like there's a reason for this because I'm supposed to I'm supposed to help right other people yeah. with this stuff or I'm supposed to, there's a lane for me somewhere here that my conscience wouldn't have even been able if you to didn't like, go through. get yeah. to if I didn't deal with that stuff you know what I'm saying so like certain things is really literally the setup and your setup might just be taking a little bit longer because you come in, you know, with some other yeah. stuff. So I'm good at I'm good yeah. at helping other people Listen. harder at so, helping myself. So like I have tons of mm. ideas. I have lots of things that I think could work. I just don't see how to get started. That's my that's my biggest issue. Like I don't always know how to jump in. Like I would have done a podcast a long time ago. I love talking. Yeah. This is like fun to me, you know, having conversations with other people. But if mm-hmm. Mola didn't, you know, find the app and start the groundwork, I wouldn't have been like, oh, I just got to show up and talk. I can do that. Okay. And what's funny is, so you out here, y'all helping me. Because at the end of the day, I would love to do a podcast. But I, and I even tapped somebody who, um, a friend, her friend does, gives advice. And I'm going to share her information with you guys on the side of how to re- like really make this podcast thing a thing. And um, and I'm going to pay for a session for her because she's, she's legit and she's worth it. Um, but you guys tapping me to do this is like, okay, now I've got 
something like I've actually sat on a podcast and talked to people and recorded an episode mm-hmm. with people. So you never know like where you're leaning in with people. Cause I'm like, oh, yeah. all I have to do is click this button and we're all and, and we're quarantined and we on the same thing and it's recording. Yep. Yeah. You know, so you never know how you're helping somebody else even lean into things while helping yourself you know and to tell you the truth the whole podcast thing came to me like two three years ago and I'm like I want to do a podcast like I want to do this podcast I had the mic set up I knew what kind of mics I wanted to get like it was supposed to be like this grand production lights camera action big screen TVs microphones yes And then when, you know, I start, I started with the ideas, I looked up everything, boom, I got pregnant. I was like, oh, really? Like right now, like this year that I wanted to jumpstart my podcast thing. Yeah. But I feel like everything happens for a reason because it gave me more time to figure out exactly like the formatting and stuff like that and, and the name of it. Because remember, when I first came to Shireen, I was like, I want to do a podcast and I'm going to call it Talk to Tings. Yeah. It wasn't going to be called Big Chat. Mm -hmm. But then we just kept playing with the name and I'm like, yo, Big Chat really, it has more of a feel to it, you know, especially in, you know, the culture that we come from. When you hear people say Big Chat, like we said in the first episode, that means you acting like an adult. Got a lot of chat in your mouth. Yep. Exactly. You know, <laughs> so, and I'm like, what better name for our podcast than that? And then a homegirl of mine was like, well, why don't you try Anchor? And I was like, what's that? She's like, it's part. free. You like that. You know, try it out. And we tried it out. And I was like, yeah, this is a go for us. I'm not holding back anymore. This is what I've been saying I want to do for the past two, three years. I'm going to do it. Shireen been down from jump, so let's go. I've had so many opportunities. I remember one time a friend of mine, she has her own podcast. Um, and she's like, oh, you need to sign up for this. Um, I think it was like a webinar or something, but they were giving away like, it, it cost like a good five, six, seven hundred dollars. But they were given like two free tickets to two podcasts. I missed the deadline. And oh. Like, this, like, that kind of, like, had me on some, oh, my God. Is this really for me? Like, I just missed this deadline for something that could pros- that could definitely be beneficial to what I want to do. And I missed it. Is this really for me? But then I just had to stop. I'm like, you know what? Sometimes things happen for a reason. But I knew that this year, it was no, it was, it was a go. It was a go. And, I mean... I would love for this podcast to 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 just take off. You know what I'm saying? I would love for so, it to do the same exact thing. Because why not? Exactly. So if this is another professional goal for me and for Rini, then hey, let's do it. Because you never this know who you can impact. And just by having fun and just talking about stuff. Because honestly, yeah. podcasts are where things are going. Um, you know, people, marketers are looking to invest in that space. And people are looking for new content. Like when I'm at work and I'm, you know, doing my thing or whatever, that I listen to music every single day, but I also do like to listen to conversation. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different things. And there's actually a, a, a market out there for, there's podcasts that I'm like, well, why doesn't this particular podcast exist yet? I'm searching for it. 
so there's still so much yeah. room out there so much room for people who are like-minded or can put you into thoughts that maybe you know you never you never even considered before or whatever but um it's it's great i love it it is but Shika, I want to say thank you yes, for joining you. us today. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having awesome. me. This was fun. Thanks for having me. Of course, anytime. It I really was. I love. Oh it, my god! We'll, and we'll talk again. You know, you know, we could we have so we much shall. that we can't talk about. Yes, and Rini, you and I will connect offline. And Malibu, you know, I'll be talking to you. So, <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right. Well, y'all have a great day. All I right. hope everybody who listened um, enjoyed that something from it. And you can reach out to us if you would like. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and, you know, as always, you could hit us up on Facebook at Big Chat with Marla and Rini or Instagram at Big Chat WMR. Or you could even send us an email at Big Chat WMR at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys. So last week, our question of the week was, how was your experience having the sex talk with your parents and how would you handle it differently with your own child or children? And many of you responded, we appreciate your response. You know, we, we, we want this to be an open platform where people feel comfortable, you know, expressing themselves. One of our followers said that they bought their daughter some books and they read the books together and then they talked about like, you know, how the body changes and wrong touch and right touch. And I thought that that was a good thing, especially in this day and age where there's like sexuality is just blasted all over the place for our kids. So to see that she's a mom that is very active and and, um, proactive, I should say, on getting that information in front of her daughter and having that conversation with her. Kudos to her. Another follower said that um, that they left it as an open forum for their daughter to communicate regarding the subject of sex. She said that they had the talk right before she started high school. And I think that it depends on the child and the situation because some I people agree. may feel like they um, should have that talk. Well, the earlier. way the world is now, I would Don't you think, think that you would start having the conversation earlier, especially since um, it's all over television. It's in all of the media that they are you know, confronted with. And even in school, like other children may have gotten the talk before your child. Now your child has a foundation that mm-hmm. was brought by another child until you had to talk with them later on so I mean unless they I mean sometimes they'll come to you with questions and that can open up the conversation so that's always good but I feel like before high school is probably better so that when they get to high school they're a little bit more prepared because high school is usually when the body is even more raging with hormones but that usually starts more like junior high to me and even sometimes before but yeah 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 a few of our followers said that they actually have to give um Zane the author (laughs) 
they have to give her props because that's where they learned um, about sex from reading her books, which I totally understand because between Zane and um, Eric Jerome Dickey, those yeah, were sex literally and I, just... I really knew because my mother wasn't talking about sex with me. Mm-mm. Sorry, I literally just subscribed One to said... a Zane podcast like no, go ahead, two Shereen. minutes ago. So relevant. Huh? Here we go. <laughs> um, I mean, you're right. She's still writing too. I think another follower said that um that she'll probably give her daughter too much information, and you know, to encourage to make the decisions for herself, and not based on not based on the norm, like basically be your own person don't follow you know and kudos to her because in this day and age we definitely need to um pump you know positivity especially body positivity into our daughters I mean even into our sons you know and just making them feel like who they are and how they look right is, I feel like it's okay. Um, we also have to wrong with push it, the emotional know? side of things um, and make sure that your sons know that they are allowed to feel things and that they can also feel violated by women. Do not let that just be a one-sided thing. Because mm-hmm. if we don't teach the boys this now, they're going to feel like they can't oh, yeah. express their feelings. Mm-hmm. They can't express what makes them feel bad and good. And so that's very important people really have to remember that yeah most definitely um and then we have one follower that said her mom gave her a an in-depth sex talk like no holes bar she did not hold back she didn't sugarcoat it she didn't bs around the topic and her mother basically told her like gave her condoms no I'm sorry she didn't give her condoms she told her if she needed condoms she would get them for her and told her that if and when you're ready to (laughs) you know sex with the vulgar version of that (laughs) that you should wear and I feel like a lot of our parents they, they they didn't do that I think one follower on yeah, Instagram said that her mother threw condoms at her. She was like, don't use them until, until you leave my house. Them. And it's like, huh? wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> she was like, why are you even giving them to me? Like, you know? So it's definitely, I mean, the sex talk is a talk that's needed. In my opinion, it is needed. Parents need to have that talk with their children. But like we said, in the the parents we have from the back back when, they wasn't having that conversation. And I feel like because they didn't have it with us, and now we're having kids and we're seeing how it is, we're more inclined to be like, uh, I'm having that talk and I'm gonna have it full on everything. Like that's very whatever important. you gotta want, keep the lines of communication we're gonna get open. down to the nitty gritty. Always keep the lines of communication open. most definitely and again we thank everyone who responded check out this week's um question of the week and word of the week next week same time same place 
Thanks for listening to Big Chat with Mola and Rini. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us on Big Chat with Mola and Rini. Today's Rini translation is of the word kunumunu. Kunumunu means an idiot or a stupid person. If anyone you know calls you a kunumunu, netekam, aka don't take it. Hey guys, it's Rini. Just wanted to let you know you can follow us on Instagram at Big Chat WMR and on Facebook at Big Chat with Mala and Rini. Check us out, Big Chat with Mala and Rini, dropping every Wednesday at 8 p.m.